0: This is uh FPP January 15th 2024.
1: Why are we whispering?
0: Why don't we do the whole show like this? I think it'd be a good idea. I think it'd be Doing very, very okay.
2: Mark how are you? I'm not too bad, John. Nice. How about you, Mike?
0: I'm pretty good. How's that bunion on your foot going, <laughs> Mike?
3: Oh jam. Pop that blister.
0: I'm here with Mark Dalzell. Hello, John Fadelli. Hey, babe. How are you? Pretty good. And today, uh, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the Canon A1 camera. We're going to be talking about Tasma NK2 black and white film, an underdog film. We're going to be reading... Not for long. We're going to be reading a lot of listener letters. Today's episode is sponsored by Crumbs. (laughs) Crumbs are everywhere, folks. They are. And you should never underestimate or doubt that there are crumbs flying everywhere. Once John was in, and he had a crunchy bagel, and the light was hitting him, streaming in from the window, bite into this crunchy bagel, and I saw it, because the light was hitting him, crumbs... Explosion. Exploding everywhere. Wow.
1: That's yeah. right, yeah. The only
4: thing that's yes. anywhere more than crumbs is dust. Yep. But you can't eat dust. <laughs> well, you probably eat it all the time. <laughs> don't know it. Because it's like
2: George Carlin used to say. You take a crumb, you cut it in half. You don't have two half of crumbs. You got two crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What? <laughs> today should be today should be
0: sponsored by Mally's by Mike's oh. Melon Nuts. Is
4: that the place in Ohio? Yep. This is oh. in Cleveland,
0: Ohio. It's Mally's Nut Mallow. Milk chocolate nut mallow. Fluffy, handmade marshmallow and crunchy English walnuts are generously covered in smooth milk chocolate.
2: Generously. Generously. I mean, look at that. Yes. We should open this up, right?
0: Yeah. We should. I practically insist. So, folks, I ordered this online last year when I was in Cleveland, Ohio in the spring. Oh, either Owen or Leslie brought some Mally's chocolates. They brought the uh, the toffee. Mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm. Those are amazing.
0: Oh, my God. They were just so... Oh, They so, Look at this. Was it like a loaf? The, I swear to God, there are shards that... Speaking of... Oh, well, this episode's sponsored by Crumbs.
2: They so. are.
4: Crumbs yeah. and their cousin shards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> crumbs. It's what's for dinner. There are chocolate shards. I kid you
0: not, all over this package. This is. I think we should keep this... Isolated. Oh. my God. So I want to keep this isolated, like on the edge oh, of the table. Not there, giving it to careful, me. careful of the. Oh, oh. just don't eat comes. it over the toilet. No, don't tip it. He's tipping it. No, it's a job. Oh. look at the shards. I, was,
4: I want to look at it. On the bowl,
0: John. This letter's from Courtney Cole. There's nuts in there too. Walnuts. uh Courtney, there's a shard on this paper. I'm reading. <laughs> Courtney says, "Hi all! Happy holidays to all the FPP gang club." Yeah. I just got a 16 millimeter yeah. cartridge I ordered from the FPP shop. Super exciting! Exclamation point! Can't wait to join the FPP millimeter club. Yes! 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 <laughs> I'll tell you, there are people that are already in this year. What I'm going to do is keep track of all the regular FPP movie film customers, and we're going to be have our own millimeter club. You can like, give them shirts. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Ooh. Like Daniel Mall, who sent us that Christmas card last show with all that cash in it. Yeah, two dollar bills. That was last show, right? Two dollar bill. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, he's a regular uh, uh, millimeter shooter. Get yeah. one of those big, like, uh, fundraising thermometer posters. And every time, like, oh, I shoot eight millimeters. You add eight more to the thing. I shoot sixteen. Add sixteen more millimeters. <clears throat> See how many millimeters you can get for the year.
0: Courtney shoots uh, magazine sixteen, which is a gorgeous format. Yes, it is. Anyway, I want to take a minute and wish you all a Merry Christmas, and thank you all for the work, and the heroic, and the wh- horrific, her- 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 H-E-R-O-I-C, what's that? Horrific. Her- uh, horrific?
2: Yeah.
0: And the horrific amounts of caffeine <laughs> Mike has consumed. What's so funny? The shards. Uh, the shards, they're going everywhere, right? You spelled heroic. <laughs> <laughs> and I said her. Heroic amounts of <laughs> caffeine Mike has consumed on behalf of the film photography community. Keep up the great work. What's wrong? You're high on sugar. I
4: almost choked on marshmallow, is what happened.
0: Can can you guys break off a chunk of
4: it? You read the word heroic. You can have the. Mark said it was horrific, and you went, Horrific! You're
2: you're like, really? H E R O I C? I'm like, yeah, horrific. You're like, all right. Horrific amounts
4: of caffeine. You're just like, someone give me answer, answer, implement, answer.
2: Cut to Fred Willard and Anchorman. Whatever you put on the prompter, Mike will read it. Mm hmm. It's good. I haven't tried yet. I'm afraid of the shards. See the shards on the table? Look at them. Jeez, John. Oh, you just put this over there. please. Look,
4: I have a shard bag. Put that over there.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not putting that anywhere. <laughs> I'm not touching it.
0: <laughs> Dear Malleys, we really enjoyed your Nut Mellows. However, there was a shard catastrophe. You need to go back to the old drawing board.
2: And Please supply feed less. bags with all future <laughs> shipments. This next up, oh, hey, has this guy written to us before? Chris, Idaho, Davenport. Yeah, like two. He, he entered for the contest. Where's he from? Idaho.
4: Potato! Potato.
0: <laughs> this is made up to Leslie. Now, on behalf of Leslie, I will read this. Leslie, Vision Three film is great. I developed mine in C forty one. Don't fear the remjet. However, it leaves my chemicals dark gray. Oh. Do I need to throw each film batch of chemicals away? Doing a great job, Mike. Or can I keep using them and ignore the color? I love the color 200T and the contrast of this film. Hold on, I got to eat some shards. And use your letter as the shard catcher. I
2: <laughs> oh, love the chewing sound.
0: I am wearing
4: several more. <laughs> oh my God,
2: I'll stop.
0: I find that scraping the carbon off the back <laughs> and washing the films. Leaves me with a brilliant color, even better than Kodak gold. No, that's true. Oh, Mark nice. D and you guys. Wow. Division three colors, amazing, right? Yeah. Amazing.
4: Mm-hmm. One mm. of my faves. Mm. All time. How's that marshmallow? Horrific. This is really good. It's, I've never eaten anything bad from Mally's.
0: Thanks for your <laughs> help. I really like Remjet. I really like Remjet. Rem-Jets. I love Lamp. I love Remjet. <laughs> but I, I doubt I'll get my friends to try it. No one develops their own film anyway. What do you Thanks, mean? be safe. Well, Chris. Oh. All the cool people develop their own. Yeah. The Remjet I mean this is this this show is aptly dedicated to shards and crumbs. Yes. The shards of Remjet in left in your developer <laughs> are harmless. They're just ugly ugly
2: to look at in the They're color. They're not
4: gonna get stuck on uh, other film? Nah.
2: But I don't get that in my Developer, so maybe is he like crazy agitating or something? I don't get black in my
0: so the remjet on the vision 3 film, folks, is it's a black <clears> carbon base that's not on your typical C41 film. So, do you take your remjet off first or at the last? No, at the end,
2: yeah, uh, in the
0: final wash. I when, you off, right? when you pull it off, yeah, or with your thumb with my fingers, yeah, or when you pour when you pour your developer back in, you don't have all like sediment. I've
2: never, I've never had like flex or sediment before, yeah. I no. did, I have, oh okay.
0: Chris, don't sweat it, man. It's all, it's all good. It's all good, man. Don't be scared. Before we I do an scared. entire show without Mark ever getting a chance to do a review, which happened like, what, for like a year? Yes. they like, didn't you used to come to the show, you like, the whole gang would be
2: here, and like, you would never get to a segment.
4: Yeah. It's most every time he comes.
2: Well, it used to be in the old days, we did like four episodes a month, and then every episode I would review two cameras. So I was like bringing eight cameras a month. It was crazy. Nuts. It was nuts. It was all nuts. On this
0: show, John's going to be talking about the Kodak M35 mm. camera filters.
2: Oh. Why don't
0: we talk about that first when we come sure. back? Hey, we'll be back.
3: Brought to you by Kodak, whose new instant cameras and dependable Kodak film help you remember the times of your life. Kodak. Someone took this instant picture of me just a few minutes ago. And whether they took it with a camera, with a motor, or one without, one that folds or one that doesn't, really matters very little. What matters? is that it began with this, Kodak Instant Print Film. That's where the color comes from. But the only way to end up with color by Kodak is to begin with Kodak Instant Print Film. And the only way to use Kodak Instant Print Film is to begin with a Kodak Instant Camera.
0: Hey, we're back. Welcome to John's one-word review. Fun! 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 fun. So, the M35 camera, right? Oh, look, it's Justin. Justin. Hello.
2: It's Justin. Hi, Justin. Justin.
0: What's going Saturday on? All, oh. Um, I am taking off. Are you taking off for the day? Yes. Oh. Okay. Hey,
4: sincerely, tell Trinity thanks so much for those cookies. Oh, you those cookies? Awesome. Those
0: cookies went faster than the Ollie boxes. <laughs> they went uh,
4: crazy Mark's
2: <laughs> the like, hey, I didn't get any. Yeah. Last time I was here, you thanked him for something that I didn't get Sorry. either.
4: <laughs> no, they did great. Tell her, tell oh, her thank, you, thank you, like. you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, the fine folks at Kodak sent us a box with the goodies in it, and one of the goodies was the Kodak camera filters. That go on either the M thirty five point and shoot camera or the M thirty eight point and shoot camera. What's and, the difference? Uh, the M thirty eight is very similar to thirty five. Has a few more bells and whistles, which like I don't. Um, sorry you asked because I don't know. Oh, jeez. The M thirty five, which we carry here at the FPP, it's just simple point and shoot camera. Mm-hmm. Has a flash on and off. Takes pretty decent, you know, snapshot pictures. Mm-hmm. But John was given an assignment. He was given a roll of uh, Kodak Max 400 and the filters. I only
4: use two of them because one is the uh, selfie. Oh, okay. Is the selfie filter even relevant anymore? Yeah.
0: yeah? I, I shot with the
4: selfie You shot photo. with it. And it looked great. It looked great. The lens is wide enough so that the, f- the uh, selfie photo looks great. And the mirror helps a lot. I didn't get to shoot the star filter in bright light, like outdoors. I shot it indoors with right. a flash. Right. So I didn't see the definition that may or may not have shown up if you were shooting outside, like if you shoot the sky or something, or you're just outside the bright light source. In other packages, you get different filters. This one just happened to have the star in it. There's a heart and also just a center circle. And I think the results I got were more like the center circle where everything around the edges was you know, deeply vignetted and the center was nice and crisp. So I shot it of some people playing music at a jazz club. And I was super happy with the way those, sh- those shots looked with the star filter on it. Super positive. <laughs> uh, and then I shot my daughter in her bedroom with the pink filter over the lens. And I got to say, for that application, I was very pleased with the shots. That is so bright. Like, I actually felt heat from that, too. Uh, so I was very pleased with the results. The pink filter added like it, It's not over... It's not a huge amount of color, so it didn't deeply saturate the picture to the point that it was like just this pink mess. Right. So it was uh, it was a nice touch, and I was very pleased with it. So these are fun. How much do these go for?
0: You know, I don't know if those are available yet. Oh, really? Yeah, the Kodak camera filters for the M35 and M38 camera.
4: And the thing about it is you don't know what filters you're getting, do you?
0: No, it's a secret. Are you sure? Oh, wait. On the back it says it.
4: It, t- it tells you what the varieties are, but it doesn't tell you which one... Comes in the package, does it?
0: No, I'm guessing you can get these as of right now on Amazon and certainly on <clears throat> eBay. Uh, a lot of times these get, first get introduced in Asia mm. and then they come over to the U.S. I don't, so I don't know the I don't know the retail price of these. Oh, okay. Well, the
4: good news is it's suggested for ages eight plus. So, oh. yeah. But it sticks right on the front. These things stick right on the front of the camera. Yeah. It's a plastic camera, so you got to be a little careful. And it's not yeah. like a, a perfect fit. But
0: Yeah. I mean, the M35 has its challenges. One of the main challenges is that the, uh, the counter is, hmm. like, where you see how many exposures uh, you have. That's the problem, yes. Is so small. So freaking tiny. So you can't even see it. Yeah. But it's a camera that, honestly, this kind of camera you just have in your pocket all the time. You just carry it with you everywhere. You don't Absolutely. worry about it. You bring it to the beach.
4: I wish I actually had it yesterday. Oh, no kidding. Because uh, here we had some severe flooding yeah. in Wayne and yeah. like Little Falls and stuff. So I was trying to make it to the Costco, and in order to get around all the flooding, I had to go through these back roads that I'd never been before in East Hanover and Livingston area. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had a camera with me, and that would have been perfect application for it, that little... Little handheld plastic, fantastic.
0: Well, I have a new assignment for you. For you both, actually. I'm ready to you, go, Chief. Are you up for an assignment? I'll Fun th- assignment. I'll tell you in a minute.
3: Okay, <laughs> let me get it. Because I'm a professional photographer, people often ask me how to get their money's worth in a pocket camera. I recommend the Minolta Pocket Auto Pack 450e. It has an all glass lens, not plastic. Plus, the Minolta adjusts automatically for the correct flash exposure as you focus for beautiful stop action pictures. And for dramatic close-ups, Minolta has an added lens—the Minolta Pocket Auto Pack. Get a whole lot of camera for your money.
0: Hey, we're back. Yes, sir. John and uh, Mark have an assignment. They're going to go out and shoot with these cameras. Oh, what is this? Co- wow. What is it called?
4: It's a motorized S88, S88.
0: Kodak film camera. So these guys are going to go shoot with it, and then in future episode, we'll do a whole review. What do you want? to <laughs> well, well, you don't okay. have to open it now. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Well, I um, want I'm to, open curious it up. to find out, out what's sitting well, yeah, All right, go ahead. Okay, so these guys are so curious yes. that they want to open it up. I don't think th- I don't know if this camera is even available massage in, the, function. in the US. The Kodak Motorized 88 35mm camera. Special. Yeah, it
2: says right here, well, you get a cloth bag
4: to put your camera in." Oh. It's silver. Let's Whoa.
2: See. Oh, comes Look. in a myriad of colors. A myriad A veritable wow. cornucopia
0: of colors. That's great. Well, I'm, when you say motorized, I'm guessing that you when you
2: oh press, it rewinds.
0: Yeah, it, it it advances and it rewinds. I I don't know this for sure, folks. I'm guessing based upon you know. Yeah, it's,
2: it's got rewind. a motorized. Bug. But it's, you
0: know what I'm excited to see? I'm looking at this camera. It's like something different than like every plastic camera we've seen in the last few years has looked exactly the same. This looks different, don't you think,
2: Mark? Easy? Slightly. Yeah, it's more boxy. It's it's real boxy. It it's looks boxy. like mine looks like a bar of soap. Boxy but good. Does it take where the batteries go though? If it's I don't know. Oh, I see. Oh, here on the end, one double A.
0: Oh, look,
4: great.
2: Do you yeah. guys want some Frankenstein put in <laughs> there? Oh yeah. Oh, mine's working.
4: Oh already. Oh, oh look at, that. Oh, look at that. that. That's
2: what the episode, can, the just episode can just be, be us, just us, shooting, us just shooting the entire shooting camera the during it that. Sounds episode.
4: like every Christmas toy yeah. I got was yeah, yeah. the
2: 70s. There's no film There's in no it. Film Why is it doing that? How come it stopped? I hit the rewind. Oh.
4: Let's talk about Mark's camera.
2: Um, I have a bunch of them. And actually, in just sort of researching this one, the A1, I didn't realize that there were actually fancier versions. I sort of thought the A1 was the fancy one because it's the one that's always black. Like, it looked professional Mm. and it looked cool and serious. It turns out I didn't realize that the A series sort of is supposed to be aimed at the amateur photographer and that the A1 only came in black to make it look cool. So today I brought this uh, A1. This is a super, super clean, beautiful example of it. Uh, They came out... 1978, they made them uh, between 78 and 85. Um, it, That's it, huh? That was it. It had a really short run. It was sort of came out to compete with very similar cameras that uh, Nikon, Minolta, Pentax, Olympus, although I'm not going to talk about Olympus because I really don't know anything about them, mm-hmm. um, had at the time. So, like the. Um, I, I, it would be like the OM two because OM one was sort of mid seventies, but like the uh, OM two was sort of late seventies. X seven hundred is Minolta. Yeah, yeah. The X seven hundred. So the the the, the Nikon F three, which I love. So this came out from 78 to 85. The F3 was 1980 to 88, so same era. The Pentax K1000 was 76 to 97. Wow. And the X700, which was 1981 to 1999. Can you believe they made that all the way up to 99? After this went out of production in 85 is when they pretty much switched over to EOS. So this was, the A-series was their last non- autofocus, like still fully manual. I mean, you could make EOS fully manual too, but you have no choice but to, to run this thing manual. And then wedged in between the A-series and the EOS or your favorite T-series, which, the, you know, the, your T60 and your T70, T90, which I've never gotten one that worked properly.
4: Do you like those?
2: The T? Which T's? The, the Canon... <laughs> well, hello. <laughs>
4: the T60. <laughs> so the camera
2: I brought with me today is the... Okay, T60... Yeah. So I love this it. 70, this this t- camera was made up until 1985. Yes, It was then basically replaced by the EOS, but in the like 83-84 the is when the T, t series came T70. out. T-70. T-50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Uh, t, T-50, I, I shot with them all. I love them. Yeah. T-50 is almost
0: like a point-and-shoot, except you have focus. It's all automatic. No functions, just program. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-60 was made by Cosina for Canon. It was a student camera. Came out in like 19... 19- Late 80s, or maybe 1990, which is incredible. Yeah. T70 came out in the 80s. That was like super fancy, electronic, a lot of electronics. Mm. T90. The mother That was ship. the big daddy. T90 is like the Rolls Royce of the T-series. It's a gorgeous T. Which is yeah.
4: saying it's a Volkswagen bug.
0: No, it's... it's the T90 is a gorgeous T-camera. I've
2: had like six of the T-cameras. I would say the T... The T sixties I've had have worked just as not as the T ninety that I had. I've never had one that worked. The strange It's like Olympus. I've never had an Olympus or a T yeah, that they're, worked. They're very, very finicky. The Olympus. strange thing about the T sixty, see, Canon is all about shutter priority. Yes.
0: Because the whole Canon campaign, all of their commercials was action. Oh tennis car racing sports oh, i see the t60 yeah. is aperture priority okay. yes i prefer
2: everybody should prefer it
0: because you want to set it to like f1.2 and right. then yeah you want it and be, forget it yes but no i prefer to choose the aperture exactly not the y- y- you know the the computer to do that exactly so canon shutter priority except for the t60 aperture priority over okay mark
2: Thank you. Okay. Well, that's all I had to say. You just, you covered the rest of it. Oh, okay. No, I'm joking. A1. The A1, uh, A2, do I get
3: so, yeah. A3? The,
2: it's so my experience with shooting it, it's it's a very good solid SLR. Has a good range of features. The, the stuff that really stands out about it, it has shutter speeds automatically metered shutter speeds from 30 seconds up to a thousandth, which is pretty amazing. 30 that's seconds wide range? Um, so if you're doing it's ultra 60, long 60, exp- right? No, not at all. Like the uh, <sighs> Like the Minolta, the Minolta will do one second as oh, the, as the oh. longest shutter. The okay. uh, the f three I think does eight seconds. So I mean to do thirty seconds is amazing.
4: Thirty seconds. I'm thinking thirtieth. Not a thirtieth. No
2: thirty seconds, uh, ha, ha. which is crazy. An ISO range of six. This is not a typo. Six to twelve thousand eight hundred and thirty. Yeah, that's great stuff. So you can shoot twelve thousand speed film in it in the dark. Not really. Everything else about it is sort of standard features, except that uh, one cool feature is that it's got a self-timer on and the self-timer is selectable between 2 and 10 seconds, Mm. which is really cool. So if you are doing long exposure stuff, and you don't want the camera shake from pushing the shutter down, you just set the 2-second shutter on. Ah. So you don't have to stand there for 10 seconds while it's waiting to take a picture of of the moon for you or whatever. That's smart, Joey. Yeah, so that's kind of cool.
3: Give me some coffee. Make it black. Yes, sir. Joey.
2: The the thing that is historically interesting about it is that the A one was the first camera to offer program mode, hmm. and program <clears> mode <throat> is when the camera Does magically everything. chooses its, its own aperture and shutter speed, and then just takes a picture, and you just kind of get what you get, and then you don't get upset. Hmm. Uh, the The F three, which came out after this, did not have program mode, but the uh, the Minolta jumped on the bandwagon with the X seven hundred. Can
4: I just say one thing? Yeah. You get what you get and you don't get upset. But if you get a good one, it's
0: chick winner, winner, chicken dinner.
4: <laughs> I blew it. We don't know each other. Come on, Joey, cut the crap. My name is Tom.
0: You want to try again? Come, come around again. <laughs> you want to try that again, John? I don't get out. Like, He's like. You know what I'm happy at? I'm happy, folks, that John is so, laughing so hard. Like, he's just happy. He's having a good time. And laughing, having a good time. Oh. I don't know what he said.
1: Time to wake this show up. Where's Johnny? Right here, right here. Happy New Year's, John.
0: This is your buddy, Joey. I don't know what he said. If you do, <clears throat> podcast at filmphotographyproject.com <laughs> Woo-hoo! or P.O. Box 264, Fairlawn, New Jersey, 07410. Okay, okay let me
4: try
2: that it again. Was, it was a heroic effort. Right, I mean, a you horrific say, effort. You
4: say that again, Aperture Priority, or, or Program Mode, you get what you get.
2: The A1 was the first camera to offer Program Mode, which I still don't understand, and that's when the camera just automatically, magically picks its own shutter speed and aperture and then just takes a picture and you you just kinda get what you get and you don't get upset.
4: Yeah, but if you get a good one, it's winner winner chicken dinner. <laughs>
0: I just don't understand. I'm sorry. I, got... <laughs> I can't say it right because I
4: was gonna say chicken you what's chicken winner dinner. Folks.
0: <laughs> What he said is so perplexing that... Winner, winner, you never heard the phrase, winner, winner, chicken dinner. He took my... Un, like, I didn't laugh, so he took my energy from my laugh, and he, he, he's a laugh sucker. That's, that's what right, you a are a laugh vampire. Yes, he's a laugh... He said something that's so unfunny that I didn't laugh, but he took my laugh from me, and yeah. you laughed. Yes. You're a humor vampire. It, it enriched me. <laughs> but it tasted horrible. <laughs> well, now we're all drained of laughter. That's why
4: your joke that's wasn't right. funny. Right. Does anyone remember laughter? Okay. <laughs> Sounds
3: like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Uh, anyway.
4: Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
2: Uh, so the F3, which came out after this camera, does not have program mode, uh, but uh, Minolta definitely jumped on the bandwagon. So the, the mm-hmm. at, when this came out, the XGM by Minolta was sort of their good, big, chunky, full-featured SLR. And then as soon as the, the A1 came out, the um, Minolta X700 came out, which was the all-black program mode Minolta SLR.
4: I bought that in 1981. I bought it the first year they made
0: it.
2: Which one? The X700?
4: Yeah. So I guess it's winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that X700 was amazing. You got what you got, and you didn't get upset. It was am- amazingly popular. The track band also had an a great camera. Hey! It was everywhere. But it was way
2: easier to use than the A1.
4: and a really nice uh, viewfinder on the inside to help you zone in on your exposure. Exactly.
2: These are all things that I'm about to say because... Sorry. No, no, no. You're leading me right into it because I I don't like this camera, I got to say. It's fine. uh, It looks great. It's so cool that it, it was available in all black with the white... The white logo—it looks very professional. It looks very serious. And then, like I said, that like the three years later, Minolta was like, "Oh, that is kind of cool." So that's why the X700. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Pure black with the white lettering. Like the X700 looks awesome. To hold, it feels great. The controls fall comfortably to hand in the parlance of our times. Uh, The winder is solid and smooth. The shutter button is big and raised way up, so it's easy to find when you have the camera up at your eye. Um, It's got that. I can't see if I can make it do it. It's got that classic Canon shutter wheeze, I call it. Oh!
0: One time, time. (laughs) It's
4: like a mouse sneezing.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Got the wheeze. It's got the wheeze. And that's just that sort of 80s photography sound. If you're like, oh, guy's taking a picture, and and we're supposed to be in the early 80s. (laughs) Actually shooting it is way more complicated than, like, the one that I'm used to, which is the F3. The problem with it is, uh, when you put it up to your eye, the shutter speed and the aperture are displayed at the bottom of the frame in this very cool-looking little, like, Night Rider red LED mm-hmm. segmented display, but... You can't frame your subject and look at the numbers at the same time. So I, I would look through it, and then to see what my aperture and shutter speed was, I have to kind of like move the camera to look down at the numbers, and then look back at what I'm shooting at. Okay. So you can't get it all in your eye at the same time. It's valid. Unlike the Nikon F3, specifically the H3 F3 HP, which is the one I normally use, the High Point, which has a gigantic viewfinder on it, so it's really easy to see all that um, in aperture priority mode. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little like disclaimer here There might be something wrong with my camera Or I'm using the wrong lens Or there's something wrong with my lens I don't know But uh, in aperture priority mode The apertures don't display correctly in the display hmm. So mm. Could be electronics fizzling fizzing out I don't know it, I mean the camera seems to work perfectly This thing obviously has very few miles on it But I when I look through it And it says f3.5 mm. But I'm like what? And I look back and the camera's, at, the camera's in auto mode Mm-hmm. And I know I'm on aperture priority, so I should be selecting the aperture. Anyway, it, it doesn't seem to be working properly. Did not compute. So, and and the little wheel that you adjust your aperture and your um, shutter speed under your right index finger is so tiny that you basically have to hold it up to your eye, meter it, take the camera away from your eye, get, you know, try again, meter it again. Blah, blah, blah. And then even when you, if you do have it up to your eye and you're making adjustments... To get the meter to light up, you have to half press the button. So, mm-hmm. so if I want to then I'm go in and change do. my oh. my shutter my my speeds, I have to like reach over it, like because this is how you adjust it. Oh. So I have to half press it and then change it and then half press it again. Nope, had changed it again. Mm. So it's just a lot go- to do with your right awkward. index. Finger. Yeah, it's just a little awkward to shoot, and it's hard to see the hard to see the thing anyway. I'm just so thrilled to be reviewing a Canon. Even though it's like a sort of a slightly negative review. Mm. It looks great, and it it sounds good, too. Listen again. Oh, it's great. That's what people pay for. Yes. I did try it in program mode, which I don't understand. And it chooses really bizarre settings. So, like, I I was playing with it, and I've got a 1.4 lens on it. And in program mode, I went to take a picture, and it suggested F 2.5 at a 20th. (laughs) Like, what the hell is 2.5 to start with? But why would you choose 2.5 at a 20th instead of like 1.4 at a 100th or something? Like, it doesn't make any nice. sense. Yeah. Like I don't know why programmer would even let it shoot that slowly. So anyway, mm. that's, that's a bit of my grapes about it. Um, mm. So I would say I love I, – I don't shoot the K1000 as much. And I think now that I've looked at these and sort of compared these four cameras side by side, no offense to the Olympus – the A1, the X700, the F3, and the K1000. The K1000 is the one that I never shoot. And I know it's a legendary camera that everyone who was doing photography in the 70s and 80s was using. Yep. But to me, I think I figured out that it looks old-fashioned. Because it is so silver and mm. kind of sharp edges. You and have it. not shot with it. I've shot with it before, and I have a bunch of them. I have the but brown one. And you don't fancy it. Don't it just th- looks
4: old-fashioned. Well, it, don't you think that's part of the you know the allure of it, though? Because it does look like a, almost like a classic camera. like a But timeless. it doesn't
2: shoot like a... No. Classic camera. Like well, I, I have more fun shooting with a Nikkor Mat than a K one thousand. Like there's something about it that just doesn't doesn't super appeal to me. Ooh, uh,
0: I'm gonna have to, gonna have
2: to disagree disagree
0: with, <laughs> disagree with you there. But mm, okay. but
2: the but the X seven hundred and the uh, the A one are gorgeous and black with their white lettering. Oh, like gosh. they look modern and professional. And then the F three, obviously with the yeah. red racing stripe down the side, is so yeah. cool. Even though it doesn't have a hot shoe, mm. and even though it's got hot shoe, it's got a lot of the other limitations. Like the, you know, the F three does not have program mode. It doesn't have a hot shoe. It has hot shoe. Uh, the, the ISO range. Remember, I said the ISO range on the A yeah. one is 6, six to twelve thousand. The ISO range on the F three is only one hundred to four hundred. Really? Like it's so lame. So you have to go into uh. your your push pull if you want to. If I was going to shoot thirty two hundred oh, or something oh, like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the brown K1000. These are cool. Where did you get that? That's my personal. Didn't didn't you have
0: another one? Oh, uh, yeah, or I have one.
4: That was like a Super ME or something.
0: No, I have a black K1000, and I have a this SE, which is what would you call that? Brown like faux leather? Brown? Yeah, uh, leatherette. Leatherette. Yeah.
4: So would it uh, be fair to say that your final thought on this camera would be loser, loser? <laughs> no
2: chicken for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Loser, loser! Drink your boozer. No, yeah, I mean it's—I don't know. Like I'm—I'm I'm still drawn to it because it looks so good.
4: It's a, it's a handsome camera, and it, it sure is.
2: And what I might do in the future is, like, when I want to shoot ISO six film, I'll reach for it. Or if I want to shoot ISO one film, because I can—you know—you can get in here and um, and I, you can push or pull the camera two stops. It so nips and it. So I could put ISO one film in this camera, and it will properly. Uh, meter it, which is cool. The, the twelve thousand, which I mentioned, which is basically if you're using like a thirty-two hundred speed film, and then uh, mm-hmm. you want to push it two stops, mm-hmm. so that would bump it up to twelve thousand eight hundred. I don't know why it's twelve thousand eight hundred and thirty, but it's was there ever such that.
4: a film stock? I mean, like what?
2: I've what? never heard of anything faster than thirty-two hundred. I don't. I don't think so. I think it was specifically designed so that you could push 3200 two stops. Oh, I think that's what it was for. I'm reading, I'm reading directly off of Wikipedia here now. The A1 attracted much press attention when it was released in early 1978, though not all comments were positive. Oh. Some professional photographers worried about the long-term reliability of its consumer-level mechanical and blah, blah, blah. Traditionalist photographers complained about a, a quote, excess... Of automation ruining the art of photography. Oh, boy. A criticism that was leveled at all the newly automated cameras released in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, however, the automated features appealed to many new amateur photographers on a budget, and the camera saw strong sales. So I just think it's funny that it's the same stuff that's coming around again. Like the same way that I kind of, you know, poo-poo autofocus hmm. film cameras or yeah. full digital cameras where you can just... Yeah. Like set it to ISO two hundred thousand and take a picture of.
4: Although the older you get, the more you appreciate autofocus.
2: Yes, you know. I'm going to hold out as long as I can. Good for you. But uh, yeah, it's funny that you know in 1978 they were saying, "Oh, this camera is too automated. Mm. It it automatically tells you what shutter speed and to use." Folks, if you look in on eBay.com, you could find all popular
0: photography, modern photography, and they will have big spreads reviews mm. on this camera. Yeah, huh?
2: yeah, this was a yeah. big one. But now, now, interestingly, I so when this camera came out new i didn't do a, a i didn't do a um what do you call it inflation adjustment so i don't know how much this was but when it came out new with the 1.4 it was 625 dollars it was not oh. cheap in 1980. You know, 80. Yikes. that was an expensive camera looking up these four now on the bay average street price for a k1000 is 75 to mm-hmm. about 130 dollars really Prices have uh, gone down, by the way. Yeah. Prices are going down. 2024. On some. Yes, on some, some. things. Yeah. The Minolta X700, 100 to 130. No way. The A1, 120 to 150. These are sold items, right? This is an average of what they sell for, sell in, for. in good okay. shape with a 1.4 lens. Okay. Really? Like tested. Like, you know, a good sample. Not okay. like untested dirty. Some guy found it. In uh, the bottom of and then the Nikon F3, 270 to 400. So the Nikon F3 is the one that has yeah. definitely. That's That's. Passed the test of time sure. even though it kind of has the worst features it's by far the heaviest it, like I'm, you know, I'm looking at all the specs as far as features go the f3 is the worst but it just feels so good it looks cool it's yeah. got the red racing stripe like that one is just i know but you were talking about this camera today i know well i mean that, that was the end of what i was just going to say is just that in the so end what are you going to do with it <coughs> timex fools of us all what are you going to do with it i'm just going to probably whip it in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to put it back on the shelf. See like it. I was saying, I, what I'm going to start to do is use this when I want to shoot really low ISO stuff. Okay. The one benefit that I have with Nikon is that I've got my 1.2 lens and I don't have a 1.2 Minolta. But because this will cannon. meter... Sorry, a 1.2 Canon. I do have a 1.2 Minolta. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one benefit that this has yes. is that it will meter internally down to ISO 1. Stop it! Which is really cool. For real? Because the camera will go down to six, and then I can push or pull it two stops. On the adjuster bu- yeah, button. Yeah, so I can pull it two more, Over or under. so it'll automatically expose. Okay, okay, that's, that's a big ISO plus. ISO 1, so that's cool. So that is cool. T- tell your low ISO people, or person. Canon A1. The Canon A1, possibly other A-series models. I, right. d- I didn't check those, but the A1 will go down to one, okay. natively. And what Canon cameras will you be reviewing on the next show? <laughs> like, is there stuff you have that you have not reviewed?
4: A I V1. have
2: I have one of yeah I have one of everything I okay. have an AT one AV one I have them all um, I just I just never really pull them out but yeah I'll make an effort to start pulling on some more cameras some more Canon stuff okay out. thank win, you very win, much winter winter chicken dinner when we come back we're going to be talking about Tasma NK two black and white film
3: I don't know who had a better day John Newcomb or me because his great shots are mine too with my Canon camera and Canon lenses like a wide angle lens or this telephoto makes shooting close clear crisp or the zoom canon quality from out far to in tight. for me it's canon and only canon in a flash if you're shooting for pro quality put a canon on your canon for cameras today to shoot your way it's shooting for every camera need Shutan Camera, downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle, presents the most versatile Canon ever, the computerized Canon A1. This extraordinary 35mm camera gives you six different exposure modes, five automatic, one manual, each for a different application. For fleeting expressions, fast-moving subjects, or any kind of action, the Canon A1 offers shutter priority automatic exposure. For landscapes, architecture, portraits, or any still object, use the A1's aperture priority automatic exposure. For carefree, foolproof photography, use both modes simultaneously with the Canon A1's programmed automatic exposure. For more specialized types of photography, the Canon A1 offers stop-down automatic exposure. For indoor or night shooting, add a Canon speedlight, and the A1's automatic exposure system will give you perfectly exposed flash pictures automatically. And for creating that special mood, the Canon A1 also offers full manual exposure control. All exposure information is clearly displayed in the viewfinder's digital readout. The versatile Canon A1, now at this incredibly low ShuTan price. Shoot with
1: the best, your cost is last, it's shoot for every camera needs.
3: Shutan shoot Camera, downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle. Hey, we're back.
0: This is an interesting letter. I think this is more geared up for you because it talks about welding gas oh Hey, the darkroom tip of the year 2024, welding gas.
2: What? A letter by Roger Hyam, read by Mark Dalziel. Oh, thanks. I get a lot of gas while I'm welding. Dear Mike and Co., I'm enjoying the show. Thanks. One of your letters was about developer going off when you only use it occasionally. After years of trying to squeeze the air out of bottles or putting marbles in them and all sorts of things like that. Uh, So, so Roger is... uh, (laughs) Nice to meet you. (laughs) Roger's talking about when you have your
0: photochemistry at home in the bottle, especially in the squeezy bottles, before you cap it, you squeeze out all the extra air so your chemistry doesn't oxidize and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, expire before it's time. And there are many ways of doing this. If you're using a glass bottle, the marbles, you put marbles
2: in and that, you know, Yeah, don't squeeze your glass bottles. (laughs) That brings the air out. You put more marbles. (laughs) After years of trying to squeeze the air out of bottles or putting marbles in them and all sorts of things like that, I have discovered the perfect solution. Oh. Pure argon gas that is sold in small bottles for TIG welding. I bought a valve and a small bottle last year, and it works brilliantly. I put a little squish of argon in my bottles of developer, and it stops the remains from going brown. Be sure to get pure argon, not a mix of argon and CO2. As welding gas is not a photographic product, it is a reasonable price. <laughs> uh, I'm getting I'm getting this <laughs> in funny. quick so it can be in the darkroom tip of the year all year for 2024. <laughs> what are my chances? Well, what do you, I, I Roger don't Roger Higham? true do it in there? This
0: is something Mark would do. Yeah, I, you I, would go to your hardware store, and be like, "Where's the argon gas section?" <laughs>
2: No, I got my my welding gas supply. It's in it's right there in Orange. I I, I go there and get my uh, CO2 so, gas from my welder. So what do you so, think? So so basically, what it, what it's doing is the the oxygen, the like the atmospheric oxygen air that's left in the top of your bottle yes. that you're squeezing out. Yes. Instead, what he's doing is he's pumping in argon gas, yes. which is to replace which does not oxygen. oxidize, like it's inert. And the, the argon is heavier than the oxygen, so when you dump the argon in, it squirts the oxygen out of the top of the bottle, and then you can seal it up. How do you get oh. the argon out? <laughs> well, next time you go to use it, when you go to pour it out, the argon will just flow out. It doesn't,
0: then it's in your house?
2: Well, but it's, it's totally inert. It's, it doesn't it make any difference. It's fly away like ghosts. Yeah, it doesn't oh. make any difference. <laughs> like, people do that with, uh, with wine. You can get a thing that injects CO2 into your oh, wine. I'm to keep That's it, what that is. Yeah, to keep oh. it from uh, oxidizing. Okay,
4: it. I drink it too quick to bother with that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I, that's, that's my thing with developing chemicals. I drink, drink them so fast. Quick. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You don't have time for argon. So, do
4: you
0: think this is the darkroom tip of the year 2024?
2: This is a very nerdy darkroom tip. This okay. is a good one. This is this is niche. That's
0: totally up your alley.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool though. Oh, just a little squirt of argon. Cool. Okay. Uh before we get to our uh film review, uh,
0: I want to read a quick letter from Gold Canyon, Arizona. And I'll explain to you folks why I've totally like why I have not like jumped on the bandwagon or even mentioned this, but here it is. Okay. You probably already know. You guys may not know about Kodak's new Super 8 movie camera that oh. will be or oh, yeah. already has been released this month, twelve
4: twenty-three. Where do you where, do you know about this?
0: Yes,
2: isn't it like five thousand
0: dollars? <laughs> oh, spoiler! Oh, but sorry. I did Is it really? But I didn't hear you mention it during your December 15th podcast. Knowing your great interest in this area, I just wanted to be sure you are aware of Kodak's return to the consumer film movie cameras. Hold that thought, because there's consumer movie cameras. Mm. Okay. The camera looks like an interesting concept, a Super 8 camera that incorporates the digital elements, providing a modern shooting experience that will include a 4-inch LCD display. What? Add audio to the movies. It records audio on... Yeah, it records audio.
4: What? Not on the film.
0: But on
2: a little... uh, Cassette th-
4: that you can sync? No,
2: a, no, no, it records like MP3 audio in the camera as you're filming the on movie. On a little card. And then you can sync them together later. Yeah,
4: that's yeah, cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And he says, I also want to thank you for the look into the art of movie making for the, oh, for the look into the art of movie making you've provided over the past. I am a still photographer that has been trying to figure out that genre for many years and can't see myself getting into film movies at this point. Yes!
2: Yes! <laughs> <laughs>
0: But listening to your talks about creating and the processing movies has been a fascinating glimpse into an er- that area of photography. I mm-hmm. know nothing about it. Learning experience, to be sure. Thank you very much. I know nothing. Uh, so I went to, you know, the Fantastic Inflation Calculator.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this new Super 8 camera by Kodak, I received a link. You you click the link, and then you say, I am interested in this. And then when it's available, they'll send you the bill. It's $5,500. Yeah. Something like that. So. I said, okay, well, you know, the inflation calculator, maybe this is no big deal. But in 1972, if you bought a Super 8 camera for $150, which, in my opinion, I think cameras, Super 8 cameras in, in 1972 were probably lower than $150. I'm guessing they were like $75, 80 If okay. I had to guess, I don't know. But let's just say cameras in 1972 were $150. T- in today's world, mm. that would be $1,100, yeah. which... To me, if this Super Eight camera were, let's say it was fifteen hundred dollars, I think a lot that's of people. That's not bad. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be the, interested.
2: The in audio that. recording and the LCD screen are really cool. You know what? you're right. Let's up it two thousand dollars. Yeah, okay,
4: not five thousand dollars. Cool. Oh, yeah. Let's say
2: okay. You know what?
0: Let's say twenty five hundred. Let's okay. Last would bit. You,
4: you would pay for that twenty five hundred dollars? Uh, that's a lot of. I think control, man. I
2: think a thousand dollars. I would probably impulse buy. it. I might. I might consider getting one for a yeah. thousand. Yeah. So, but it's not. It's for five thousand dollars,
0: fifty-four $5, hundred dollars, fifty-five hundred $5, dollars. Look, that's fine. But don't call it a consumer. I don't know if Kodak no, it's is not consumer. It's not consumer. It's more okay. prosumer or uh, professional. I think the appeal of this camera. I talked to Matt Marash about this in a phone call. Is that a rental house, like a you know, mm. in Hollywood or in, in major cities that have rental houses where people rent lenses so and, and rent it out? Rent it out. It's a great investment for a rental house because then you go rent it for 100 bucks. Yeah,
4: I would rather do that.
0: Yeah. You rent it just like when John and I were out of film school and we were shooting ghoul school. We had to go rent the package, the lighting package, the camera package. From Mick Crimmins. Now he's Mick Mick, Crimmins. Mick Cribbins? Mick Cribbin. Cribbin. Hey,
2: Mick. Mick Levin? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, I guess my question is: How do they determine? How? Why are they billing it as a consumer camera? It's the only. Oh, I don't of know if, But I don't know if they are. Oh, that's true. He said that. Yeah, because I was going to say it's the only yeah. thing of its kind. It's it's technologically the most advanced eight millimeter movie camera that's probably ever been made. It's got audio and LCD screens. Like that's crazy. That's pretty advanced. So. Yeah. Hopefully they don't bill it as a consumer or prosumer level Be piece of equipment. Curious.
4: When are they going to roll it out?
2: It's Well, it's probably right around now, I would guess. Yeah. You could pre-order it. And, you know,
0: there are great resources, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if, like, if you go over to Pro 8 in California, I think they're in Burbank, they may, you know, have some insight on this new camera, you know, especially in California. Look at your rental house, see if they have it, and maybe you could rent it. But I don't know what the story is, but I just know that, you know, me personally here at the FPP For $5,500 I'm going to invest that money into um,
2: And 20 old Kodak 8mm movie cameras How many 16mm
4: <laughs> yeah. cameras could you buy for that
0: much?
2: You get a 35 for that oh, Probably For
0: $5,500 I'm pretty sure we could find an old Aeroflex yeah. yeah You know, But when you talk about 16mm For $5,500 We could buy a used Aeroflex package Yeah like Maybe a, not an SR, but, but certainly an S. So, and Keystones, forget about it. For oh. Keystones, they're like $50 to $100. Yeah.
4: What about like a Bolex?
0: Bolex, $500.
4: Oh, we got a Bolex projector, by the way. Oh, no kidding. I think it's 16 Oh,
0: it just came in, a donation. 16 millimeter. Oh, I'm going to check that out. I am optimistic. I'm excited. I'm not excited. Like me, I'm, not, I'm excited, but I'm not excited. You know I'm what I mean? You're excited for them. I'm excited that this is For happening. the community. Yeah, but, yes. like, for me, like, I really love my Minolta 401 XL. You've used yes, that. You, ha- yes. you have that. It's great. 401 XL, 601 XL. I mean, they're vintage, but for the price, when it breaks, you don't, like, your heart isn't broken. Yeah.
4: No, you get another one.
0: So I would love to hear input from anybody who's used this camera. Like, is the Kodak new Super 8 camera going to be as good as the motorized 88? <laughs>
4: hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope so. <laughs>
0: And next up, right after the break, we're going to be talking about TASMA-NK2, the underdog of film. Oh, yeah.
3: If you want to get around the really modern way, you need two things. A one-man gyrocopter and a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. A camera that loads instantly and shoots a brand new kind of movies called Super 8. So improved, they make other movies look old-fashioned. Take it from Kodak. They're the movies of the future. Guess he's never seen a camera like this before. Automatic, power wind, zooms at a touch. Everywhere you take this camera, you'll get a great big welcome. And just wait till you see your movies on a Super 8 projector. Enjoy life the really modern way. Get a Kodak Instamatic M5 movie camera. Gyrocopter, optional at extra cost.
0: Hey, we're back. Hey. So, you know, what I'm what I'm really happy about is that I'll toss a roll of film to Mark, and it'll be very, in both Mark's actually, Mark O'Brien and Mark Dowds. I'll be like, hey man, have you ever shot this before? And I'll be like, no, you know, I don't know anything about that. And I just give them the roll, and then I forget about it. And then Mark came in today, and he's like, oh my God, my new favorite film is NK2. Well, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I can't even believe it because no one cares. Mm,
4: never heard that film.
2: Before. Never. It's been in the FPP store for probably 10 years. I literally never heard of it. We, we just had this discussion, of, you know, whatever, four or five episodes ago about all these different film stocks hmm. that I wanted to add to my collection of canisters. Yeah. And you're oh, like, well, what about yeah. this one? What about this one? And that was one that it's, you handed me. Uh,
0: it's from the Svema Film <clears throat> Company in oh. Ukraine. Why does it say TASMA? Well, TASMA, so they inherited this stock from the TASMA Film Company. Oh, okay. so Tasma used to be its own thing, but then they
2: closed and the Sphema absorbed that. But they maintained the name. It's yeah. not now called Sphema. No, it's Tasma NK two. Like the, they,
0: it, they still have that emulsion. It's a very okay. unsexy name.
2: Tasma NK two. Yeah, it's very like sterile. Okay. It sounds so, like, so, but it sounds like scientific and cool. Like they've. It's not like. Uh, I shot it in this junky old Canon A one. I could barely get running. Like I always do, I shot it completely on aperture priority. And I generally shoot as wide open as I can, mm. you know, with some shutter speed or between like 125 and 500. But it's amazing. Like it's like this, This the um, FPP 125 has always been my favorite color film for a few different reasons. And this NK2 is definitely my now my new favorite black and white film. I'm sorry, did you say the film speed? It's 100. Oh, thank you. It is Super sharp, super beautiful, smooth contrast not like it 's not like the like I always joke black or white film, like it is definitely mm-hmm. black and white, but the transitions between the black and the white have this really nice sort of soft shoulder to them that make everything like i don 't know if you took a look at them I on did my, on my Flickr page, but I just love them. Uh, some of them were done in a little bit lower light, like this one I, I was doing some in the forest, uh, and this was sort of on a rainy day, it was actually raining outside and it 's a little softer. But the stuff that I shot in the bright sun is just gorgeous. This was like some berries on a tree. This was 50% testing the camera and 50% testing the film. Yeah, I loved it. And then, like the FPP-125 color film, once you develop it, I hung it up to dry. It dried in 20 minutes. And then, when I went to scan it in my V700, I just cut off five frames. I laid it on the film holder. Nice Without even flat. locking it in. Nice it flat. Just, it just lays flat. So you don't even have to lock it in. It just lays down flat. It's, it's so easy to scan. Yeah, I, 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 was pretty, I was pretty impressed with it. I'm not often so impressed with a film. No. And, and not, not for bizarre reasons like LPD4 or, you know, like oddball films. Like I was really impressed with it just as a good day-to-day shooting street photography black and white film. So I'm definitely going to be getting some more of that. Yeah, I think it's 9 99 on the FPP site. When I went to develop it, I was developing D76. And on the FPP site, it says, check the Massive Dev under SVEMA Films. But if you look up SVEMA NK2 on Massive Dev, it's, it recommends some kind of bizarre developer I've never heard before. And that's it. That's the only one they have. Oh. So I actually did some Googling. And I found a guy that had also done some Googling. And he, and he found some results that a couple people had gotten, including uh, Leslie.
0: And look at Mark O'Brien. Mm. Look at that shot. Yeah, it's gorgeous
4: beautiful it 's the same stock,
0: yeah, same yeah. stock
2: so I did it I did it uh, I mean just to have the audio for future generations I mean, yeah, look uh, at the tones, yeah, it's great or contrast, just, but not like yeah. sharp edged contrast, so it 's oh, so anyway, so I did d seventy six stock at ten minutes
0: that 's a long time
2: yeah I, I, I think he said that Leslie had done seven, and I looked at some of her images, which were great. And then he found someone else who had done 10 or 11. And so I just thought, oh, let me do and 10. And I was very happy. The, the negatives came out looking thin. Like I thought, uh oh, you know, these, these look pretty thin, but um, they scanned perfectly. No complaints. So it, it will now be like your go to grab and go film? That'll be my grab and go black and white 35. I mean, I, I like to mix it up because I've got 10 other weird FPP black and white films to try still. Yeah. Including um, the Sonic. You have not done the Sonic yet? Sonic, I haven't. I still have one of the one of the Hi-Fi, the hi-fi which I think you're sold out Hi, of anyway. No, Hi-Fi has the numbers across. Okay, not the Hi-Fi. Oh, What's Hi-Con. Hi-Con, yeah. I haven't, I haven't shot the Hi-Con yet.
4: Con!
0: <laughs> uh,
2: one last letter for John to read
0: before we... <clears throat> okay. Okay.
4: Rob Sott, general question. What was the music at the end of Podcast 309? It's fantastic. I also like the more laid-back show vibe. Keep up the good work. What was at the end of the show?
0: At episode 309, it was the Smooth Sailors. Yeah, which one? It was an obscure track. I sent, was it Rob? Rob. I sent yeah. Rob to the smoothsailors.com, the smooth com, and I said, I don't know what track it is. Oh,
4: no. <laughs> oh, only 430 2,000,
2: I keep telling you. Are there really 2,000? There's 2,000 tracks on oh, there. Oh, my
4: God. That's ridiculous.
2: I'm very happy
0: with that.
4: But if I Goodbye. go to, well, have fun uh, exploring the site and finding if, it.
2: Here it is, three
0: hundred nine, episode three hundred nine. Read more.
2: Oh, also the December. Fourteen years is a
0: long time. Oh, episode episode three hundred nine has one of my uh, my audioscapes at the beginning. Years. Oh
1: yeah. <clears throat>
0: so that noise? I was the choo choo. No, is it is. I was. I went to the underground parking lot of the Oakland ShopRite, and I got out of my car. I'm like, what is that? It was like all their air conditioning units were like something was effed up. Uh, Oh, that's cool. I just walked over to it, and and I'm just like, because it was just like, I'm like, I've never heard this before. Why? Yeah, I'll play the song. Here. Here's the song.
2: (laughs) Good luck. That's the old studio That's Pearl oh, really? I can tell by the sound of the room That's a so that's small a really room old one. Yeah, that's something from like before 2012 It's a very eclectic, fun tune But it's wacky
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah
4: It's got some character
2: That's what I like about our music Is you can listen to a hundred tunes And then eventually find a good one <laughs> And then they'll <laughs> listen to another hundred and find a good <laughs> one. And all the smooth, so-
0: all the smooth sailor tracks—they all have. There's a nugget in every song. Like there's always a section of it that's really, really good, mm-hmm.
2: and then you guys just fall off. There's I can never remember the name of it. There's one tune that we did because everything we did was so improvisational. We did something and we were just screwing around for like four straight minutes, five minutes, and then. Like Dane did something, or Kenichi came up with something, and we were all like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And it turned into this amazing yeah. like funk rock tune. But you have to listen. You, gotta, you have to listen to five minutes to find it. way through four minutes. Yeah, to... I can never remember the name of that track, but I always want to go back and listen to that part. But I have no idea where yeah. it is because it's lost in well, history. Here's now
4: something interesting. You know the song Cecilia by Paul Simon? Yeah. He said they got you know the the. The percussion track that opens to that—it's like boom, yeah. he said. They were in the studio. Somebody started banging on a guitar case, and then everybody started doing something, banging on stuff and clapping hands. And Paul Simon told the guy to roll tape, and they did like seven minutes of that. And they were listening back to it, and he's like, "Oh, that thirty seconds is really good." So they took thirty seconds and they made a loop of it, and that's the percussion for the whole song. That's great. So sometimes you got to get through that seven minutes yeah. of crap to get to the, you know, the diamond.
2: Well, I think at the time, when, when Dane was mastering it at the end of the night, I told him, just get rid of that first yeah. five minutes, and he left it in. No. So all I know is that it's at least like eight minutes long, but it was awesome no. for the last three. Yeah, that was but, um, good times. Yeah.
0: All right. Hey, folks. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining us, podcast of filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> P.O. Box 264, Fairlawn, New Jersey. I have to look at the one of the letters that came in. Oh,
4: my God, right so here. So amazing.
0: 07410. We'll see
4: you around.
2: See yeah. you in two weeks or maybe oh, a month. Our <laughs>
0: next show is going to be our Valentine's
2: Day show. Uh, all about uh, Amore. I have a camera have called a camera the Love, called camera. Camera. I'll I'll love camera. camera. I'll bring that one up. Okay. Really? All right. All
1: right. ma.
3: Ma. in Ma. 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 Was ma and it was name ma. ma.
1: they ma. 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 The ma. ma. The ma. The ma. The ma. 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 The ma. The 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 ma. The 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 ma. ma. make believe it, ma. I hit not Nay, ma, boss, ma, hey, the
4: line, ma, with it, the nay, nay. Nick,
1: Nikerex in, um,.
4: to leave mr buggerty do you know what he does when he don't like people mr foggerty
3: yeah i'm scared we should leave before it goes all dirty hairy on us <laughs> i want to thank you for the coffee joey
4: it really is very good